Hi guys, why not hit that lovely like button and comment in the box below? It really does help with the YouTube algorithm and getting the video out to more people. Uh, while you're at it, why not hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already? You and have a look at uh, smashing that bell notification. You'll be notified when I upload a new video. Now, if you're looking for free trading platform on which to trade your stocks and shares why not check out the links in the description below you'll get a free share worth up to 200 pounds for signing up and depositing a small amount uh there's links for stake trading 212 and free trade there's also links to uh other freebies as well as uh videos you may have missed and my trading 212 pies which i rebalance regularly so Hi guys, welcome to the Saving Money Show. Me, your host Sean. Hello, and thank you everyone for joining us again today for the ongoing Water Tower Research Fireside Chat Series. Uh, today we have uh, Zach Bradford back, uh, been here with us a couple times. As a reminder, we initiated coverage of CleanSpark in October of last year. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a couple different things. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the recent quarter as well as some of the outlook for 2020, excuse me, 2021 now. <laughs> and as a reminder, uh, this is available for archive viewing as well and uh, is accessible by, for all investors, uh, both during live here and going forward. Uh, we do have a, uh, a chat box, down, a question box, I should say, down in the bottom left-hand corner. Feel free to submit your questions there. Uh, we'll take as many as we can as we get through the, the end of the fireside chat. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and jump in then, Zach, and kind of start out with uh, you know the thoughts and maybe a review of the recent quarter and some of the highlights. Absolutely. Sounds great. And uh, first, thanks again, Sean, for having me on. Always good to uh, um, be able to get together and also speak to, uh, you know, the investor base. So we, we had a great quarter. It was another record breaking quarter for CleanSpark. Um, revenues were up 130 percent um, year over year. Um, we, we saw growth in all of our segments. Um, I'll speak to two of those in particular. One was our energy segment. Um, you know, which is software based mostly. Um, we saw a growth from about 900,000 last year to 1.2 million in that segment. It made up about 54% of our revenue. And then, of course, a big growth area was the Bitcoin mining. Um, we saw about 700,000, uh, over 700,000 in revenue from that segment. Um, it's important to note that we only had that segment active for 21 days from the acquisition. So, um, we were very happy to see the results from there, and it was also very helpful in uh, bringing our margins up. So our margin improvement was fairly substantial. Um, it, we brought up to about 41% in, in gross margin. Um, all of that in the end resulted in an improvement on earnings per share of about $0.08 cents on a gap basis, um, and then on on a non-GAAP basis, we adjusted that and our earnings per share actually improved uh, 34 cents. So um, we're, we're quite close to EBITDA profitability based on last quarter. And uh, we, we have some high expectations that we're going to get 
get to that profitability on an EBITDA basis um, in the current quarter. So really excited, had a good quarter, happy to talk about anything specific you wanted to get to there. But uh, yeah, it was, it was great for us. We're really excited about the progress. We have a great team. We've staffed up, our sales are up um, and, and things are going really, really well. Let's let's jump ahead then and maybe look to you know the outlook for 2021 and how you see things developing. Let's start with the software business. I know everybody's you know wants to get to what's going on, on the Bitcoin side, but let's talk about the core business first and what you're seeing on the uh, the software side of business with microgrids. Absolutely, um, you know we we are seeing the growth. We've mentioned before that we've seen um, you know our, our proposal backlog right now exceeds 25 million. Our contracted backlog. Um, in that segment is about six million. So you know things are going very well. We're closing business, and we actually expect that to accelerate fairly substantially um, over the coming months. Um, a lot of commercial and industrial um, clients and customers they delayed their decisions based upon you know the vaccine rollout, and they're trying to time when everybody goes back to the office. So we we kind of expect to see a wave crashing down of um, contracts signings over the next six months as things get a little bit more back to normal. Now, in addition to that, and something we're extremely excited about is we have launched our residential initiatives. Now, we have done this for a while. Um, We have been in the space, but how we have been in the residential space has usually been limited to estates, um, you know, we, we sometimes refer it as, uh, you know, the, the, the mansion initiatives. So, you know, these are generally, you know, 10,000 square foot plus homes. They usually have outbuildings and we have been providing our software to control energy systems throughout there. This latest initiative we've just announced, um, it's going to allow us to tame, take the same technologies that were built for military and commercial use and bring them into the residential space in a much more affordable way so that, you know, somebody that has a smaller home, you know, we've really sized it out to, you know, 500 square feet and more, which is, you know, really an apartment or a condo. Uh, Plus, we can help them save money with our solutions. Now, this solution, we are going to begin taking pre-orders in about 45 days, and um, we're going to offer it in two two platforms. One is going to be controls where they can be paired with either existing or new assets, but also we you know, have plans that we'll announce more details on in the coming weeks, but it will be, you know, a full, a full solution. So that, um, you know, all of it will be an Envil product, including the batteries um, that will be included. We, we have some partnerships that we're really excited to talk about. They're still in development, so we'll, we'll hold on that. Um, but, you know, right now, you, you look at what's happening in Texas. Um, the latest headline I saw was there were still 40 megawatts of power that, that was offline. Um, there's millions of people without power and, you know, our solution and frankly, even competitor solutions will enable those homeowners to still have power when situations like this happen. And, you know, I, I think situations like this are not going away, whether it's a hurricane, a winter storm, the wildfires in California, which is really one of our main focuses. Um, this is a really important thing for us. 
and you know we're we're making some strategic moves um, we're real excited about and um, you know I, our our investors will will definitely hear more about some things we're working on next week so um, yeah we're, we're everything's going very well on the energy segment. Thanks. Yeah, clearly, you know, microgrids and distributed energy resources are just continuing to see more and more focus, both in the nanogrid side of the residential and also larger microgrids. But, you know, a number of the companies that are also supplying the space are seeing similar, you know, pickups and, and interest and also providing a comprehensive solution like you were referring to, um, you know, not just supplying one piece, but coming in and doing an entire system and then managing that system or through software, um, you know, for these, uh, for these customers. So very interesting stuff. Um, you know, next, uh, why don't we, uh, you know, get back to the Bitcoin. I think everybody would like to hear how that's going given the recent uh, run in the price. Um, but uh, what's happening in mine as it relates to clean spark and kind of where, where things are today and importantly, kind of where you're going and, and, you know, given, where Bitcoin has been, maybe the expansion strategy too, and uh, with the current uh, with the current prices. Absolutely, you know, um, we're we're extremely excited about the space, you know, and and one thing I want to start with is to recognize, you know, the cost of Bitcoin mining is, you know, almost a hundred percent on the energy side. You have a little bit of overhead. You've obviously got to pay rent, things like that, or you got to you know pay your mortgage um, for the buildings that the mining you know, happens it, but your, your cost of goods is energy. And that's what attracted us to the space is we know we can make an impact on the energy side of this business. And so, you know, we're really happy with how things have gone. When we acquired ATL, um, the company was doing about 200 petahashes, um, in processing power. Now what that means for the user is you participate in a mining pool, and the amount of data that gets processed, um, you get paid in Bitcoins for. That's all mining really is, is you're getting paid to process data. And so to, to put that in perspective, you know, on, on day one, when we acquired the company, um, we were producing about 1.4 Bitcoins a day. Now that varies a little, there's difficulty rates and a variety of other factors. Um, but obviously we have benefited substantially it's been about 70 days since that acquisition and Bitcoin's gone from the mid teens all the way up to 50,000. I think we got our timing right is, is uh, an understatement. Um, and we have now added more processing power. So um, actually we're, our, my team is installing some of the last machines um, right now. We, in our most recent earnings update, we talked about getting to 315 petahashes this week. Um, and we're, we're doing that now. So the, the company's already processing um, more than it was before. So current rates, what that means, again, to translate it in, it's about 2.2 Bitcoins a day is what 315 petahashes gets you. But I want to speak about what we're working on for the future. At the current site we have in Atlanta, we are working on um, expanding the facility we actually have, are adding a second data center next to the one that currently exists and adding infrastructure. That infrastructure and energy is gonna bring on a an additional 30 megawatts of power. Now we expect everything to be online, both the power, new miners, um, and we expect to reach about 1.3 
um, extra hashes or 1,300 petahashes by midsummer. And again, I'm, I'm going to translate that. That means with uh, current difficulty rates, that'll be about nine bitcoins a day. Um, you know, we think difficulty is going to go up. There's obviously more miners like us bringing more data online. So, you know, it'll probably vary somewhere between six and nine bitcoins a day. And we're extremely excited about that. If, if you were to annualize that, what that means is it's about 115 to $150 million a year in revenue. And at that site, we're able to, um, you know, we have really low energy costs. Um, we're doing it at about 2.85 cents right now. And we're going to push that lower with our energy assets. That's our target. And um, we're, we're mining at about an 89% profit right now. Now, you, you asked a really important question. You know, that's what we've talked about already is, is our immediate growth plans. Um, those are things that we're already in process of doing. But I want to speak a little bit more forward looking, actually. And, and that is we're actually right now working to identify additional sites. And we are in some later stage conversations um, to bring on additional sites with additional power. Um, we, some of these sites, we have some pretty high goals. Um, we want to run some of these sites on hundred percent green energy. Um, so already our sites are very clean. We're going to add renewables and the power purchase that we're the power that we're purchasing right now is largely driven by nuclear power, which is considered a clean energy source. Um, so pairing that with renewables in our Atlanta facility, we, we feel good about that. And then again, these new sites we're evaluating, we're evaluating for deploying, uh, you know, clean energy. And each of these sites would allow us to add up to, you know, it could be 10 megawatts here, you know, 20 megawatts there. There's multiple sites we're looking at, but we absolutely plan to expand further than we've already talked about. But, you know, we're, we're working on those. Um, th those will be things that we will announce in the coming months. Um, but that we, you know, we, we do want to let our shareholders know we are going to expand um, even further beyond the Atlanta facility. Are you, are you seeing competition heat up in the, for those other assets? I mean, obviously, high Bitcoin prices makes it more profitable, bringing in more competition, more capital. Um, granted, you guys have a, a, an advantage in the expertise on the energy side, the cost savings side. But is it, uh, you know, is it getting rough out there with a lot of people looking at these? Or are you still finding this may be some un, undiscovered gems out there? Um, let me put it this way. It's about who you know. And, um, you know, we we believe we've got really good contacts. You know, the, per, the individuals that we have managing um, the Bitcoin mining segment for us, the one, they, they have a, just a deep, deep Rolodex in the space. They've been in the Bitcoin mining industry for over eight years. Um, and we really feel there's a lot of, um, you know, gems out there. Specifically, we're relying on our expertise. We think that energy is going to be harder to get than anything else in the coming years. Because you have to find not only available energy, it needs to be, you know, affordable energy, but also, you know, it needs to be in jurisdictions where they're actually excited about Bitcoin miners coming in and, are, and using that energy. You know, some places in certain states, 
you, they don't want Bitcoin miners there using their cheap energy, so they're penalizing them. So we're we're using our expertise on both sides. One is on the energy side, finding locations where there is available energy, and in jurisdictions where they're excited to have uh, participants in the market there. But also, it's it's about acquiring miners, and you know, there's a little bit of an arms race, is you know what what you hear going on, and there absolutely is. But there is a very robust second secondary market in addition to the manufacturer's market. We have access to both through our contacts, and we do feel good that we will be able to fill up these uh, facilities with uh, the mining equipment. So we're, our, our main focus, though, and we think is the utmost importance, is getting energy to run the miners on because, you know, frankly, I think that there are mining companies out there that are going to have a whole lot of miners that they don't have anywhere to run them at, on. And, you know, if they want to come run them at a clean spark facility, we, we'd love to have the conversation. Um, but I also think that we'll, we'll be filled up with our own mining equipment. So. Well, what have you found have been some of the surprises, maybe both positive and maybe some negative ones as you've gone through this, this first time and obviously the ability to cookie cut going forward, you know, using what you learned will be important for, for expansion, but maybe highlight uh, for us a couple of those that, uh, that stand out. Um, you know, it's, it's been a, a great learning experience, um, you know, for, for, for our team to get further involved in this. And, and I think the, 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 what it comes down to is I think one thing that's always surprised me is that all the miners, you know, Bitcoin miners and, and other types of, you know, crypto miners out there, they know that energy is important. What has surprised me is how some of them have ignored it in the past. And now they're really paying attention. Now, one thing you have right now is Bitcoin prices are such that you can survive, you know, to a degree. Your profitability will be lower on on more expensive power. But difficulty rates are going to go up because the easier it is to mine, the more miners are going to participate. Difficulty goes up and it, it's going to balance. So. Over time, it will balance. It will cost more to mine and the rewards will be lower. And we believe, you know, anybody that has, you know, that has more than five cents a kilowatt power, it's likely an unsustainable model. If you can keep it below five cents per kilowatt, there's a lot of money to be made in Bitcoin mining. And we've actually had outreach from, you know, several mining groups. Um, both private and public that have interest in, you know, reducing their energy costs. So we're really excited about making an impact in the market because it's something that can't be ignored. And I think everybody knows it. Some people have ignored it. Um, and we're, we're here to help when, when they come to that realization. So let's talk a little bit about uh, how you value this. I mean, I, you know, I look at the software business and I understand it and I look at, uh, you know, SaaS business and you can value those, you know, conventional methodologies. You know, how do you, how do you look at Bitcoin in comparison and baselining it with say like a marathon or a riot? How should investors, uh, you know, approach this from the valuation perspective to find relative value? Who's expensive, who's cheap? Absolutely. You, you kind of hit it on the head. Um, something I think, you know, my opinion, my opinion only, you know, I, I, I think we're deeply undervalued and I, I think you can actually look at key metrics and, you know, investors use key metrics on their own to come to their own conclusions. 
but how, how, how we look at it is it's about production. And, and it's not just about how many machines you acquire that you're going to be able to, you know, put into use at the end of 2021. It's, it's about what's in use right now, because, you know, we believe through our contacts, we're always going to be able to find mining equipment. Um, prices are going to fluctuate up. They're going to fluctuate down, but the equipment will be there. And, and so, you know, what I am, I, you know, we look at internally is actual production and then future production. And and if you look, for example, um, I think Riot is a great company. So I, I kind of looked at them a little bit as a, a gold standard and, you know, they just announced they reached one extra hash. So a thousand petahashes put that in perspective and their stock price. And then I look at us and we have about a, a third of what they have. But if you then compare our market caps, you know, you're, you're going to see, I think, where there's some value. Um, that, that's a pretty specific example. But you can do the same thing with, you know, whether it's Marathon or Riot or, you know, half a dozen other companies. Um, what's the actual production and what's the cost of production? Um, that's going to be what, you know, what they're producing. Uh, investors need to look forward and say, hey, what are they going to produce in six months, nine months, 12 months? That's very important. We agree. And that's why we're growing. Um, and we have big plans to grow even further than what we've talked about from the 1.3 petahashes. So, um, but, you know, it's, it's all about production. It's all about cost. And then lastly, it's about do they actually have available energy to put assets that they're acquiring into use? Um, and I think, you know, really just doing market cap comparisons, that's where you're going to find the value. And, and again, um, every investor needs to make their own decision. There's a lot of factors. You got to look at the balance sheet, you know, who has that, who, who doesn't, who has lots of cash, who doesn't, um, who has lots of Bitcoins in the balance sheet. Those are all factors. And each company out there is different and, you know, deserves value for different reasons. But, you know, really looking forward on the creation of value, which is in the creation of revenue, we believe that the value is going to be found in, in production rates and you know, we're, we're going to aggressively grow those production rates. Sounds like a great, a great project for us to take a look at the industry and kind of set up some relative valuation. I think this is new to so many investors and, you know, ended, ended up how we value them and what metrics you're going to use is, is a learning curve. So certainly an interesting topic that's worthy of uh, Really, some more discussion. Um, that that finishes my questions, Zach. I'd like to take some from the audience. We got a lot of questions from uh, you know participants today, and uh, we've got a number of questions coming in on class action lawsuits. Uh, what's the status and update there? We're seeing this, you know, these things flying around out there, and we probably should probably address it. Absolutely, I'm happy to talk about it. You know, um, first thing, you know. Our, our news feed, there's nothing we can do about it. It's kind of getting plastered right now. Um, you know, I just tell all investors to read the bottom where it says this is an attorney advertisement. Um, the, the company is aware of, of the, the claims. We believe they're completely and utterly frivolous. Um, frankly, you know, this comes with the territory of being a growing company. Um, and so we're, we'll, we'll, of course, defend it. But you know, if you look at most class action claims of this type, they they, they, they go nowhere. And then we, we expect the same to happen here. Um, so, again, these are attorney advertisements that are that are out there. Um, the company hasn't even been served with 
with anything. So although we're aware of a filing that occurred. So um, we'll, 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 we'll handle it as we need to. Um, it's really unfortunate in my mind, I guess that's the one thing to say that it's, I, I don't know what, how it's legal that these attorneys do it, but hey, it is. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll roll with the punches and uh, we're, we're just not worried about it. Great, thank you for the explanation. Um, also some questions about insider transactions. Been seeing a number of questions about that actually. Been seeing some activity there, so maybe uh, address the address what happened there. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've it, it just shows how bullish we are. If you look at the executive team, um, we all acquired stock. This wasn't stock that was just granted to the company. Um, we all wrote checks to the company. So um, it was over, you know, it, I, the exact number escapes me. It's between two hundred and fifty and three hundred thousand dollars between all of us. I myself wrote a hundred thousand dollar check to to buy stock. Um, we're extremely bullish about the company. Um, you know, none of that inside, none of those insiders um, sold. Um, we're we're all buying. So um, very happy about our future. And you know, um, it, it, I can comment further beyond that if you want. So a um, number of questions coming in. I'm looking at Texas again, and you had mentioned that, but uh, maybe if I can reframe the questions that we're, we're getting and say, how how would you have helped in that situation? This goes back to the basic premise of a microgrid or a nanogrid, but I think it's it's worthy of just maybe explaining what would happen if you if you would have one of your systems, um, your upcoming systems on, on a house there versus what was going on in the grid and, and uh, you know, compare and contrast maybe. Absolutely. So, so basically, what the system would have is it would have both generation sources. Let's just let's just say it's solar panels on a roof is the, is the generation source initially. It then has a battery that can function both to add resiliency and backup power to the home. In addition to that, um, the battery in a normal you know Tuesday afternoon in the middle of the summer is actually reducing their energy bill because it is helping them use that battery power when power is expensive and it's storing power when it's cheap. Um, in addition, you can link in uh, a generator. So what would have happened when this winter storm came through is somebody that if they had a system like that installed, you know, the neighborhood's power goes down. When that goes down, they're going to have backup power stored in that battery. Now, that battery you know, life may vary depending on the size of the battery they put in. It could have four hours, six hours, 10 hours, um, whatever it may be. And if the sun is shining and there's solar panels on the roof, it's going to recharge that battery. Now, let's just say it's real stormy for a couple of days and there's not a lot of solar panel. So the battery, you know, is, is depleted. Well, if you also had a backup generator, you could start it up or the system could be told to start it up when needed and continue to provide power to the home. So the easiest way to think about it, you'd look out the windows, all your neighbor's houses, it'd be dark and your lights would be on. So I guess, I guess uh, you know, that begs the question of, of what would pricing be for something like this? I mean, is this going to be affordable for the average residential customer? Absolutely. That's that that's important to us to, to make it so that it is within reach of anybody. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get much more specific on pricing when we open it up for orders. But um, it'll the easiest way to think about it is it'll depend on the size of your system.
So the more square foot you have in the home, um, if you want to back up all of your power, you need a bigger system. You know, if you have a smaller home or maybe you just want to back up power for a portion of it because, you know, you want to keep your refrigerator running, let's say you want to be able to turn, you know, certain things on and off. Um, you know, it just depends on how you size it. But, you know, the the entry point will be under ten thousand dollars is is our expectation. And then it can go up from there. Um, and, you know, what we'd really like to do, and we, we may or may not have this, you know, fully positioned at launch, but we would want to do so within a few months after launch, but offer financing so that it can be something where, you know, a homeowner can make a monthly payment for something. You know, you don't have to just write a check, um, but absolutely, we want to make it within reach for everybody. Uh, next question is an interesting one. Um, could you make a business out of what you're learning in the Bitcoin mining side and provide that service to other Bitcoin miners in addition to owning the assets? You know, absolutely. Um, you know, consulting is something that we could absolutely do. Um, we are already doing some advisory for, um, you know, Bitcoin mining as we're trying to help really new users and, and people that have new ideas of launching into Bitcoin mining, you know, think about their energy in advance. But absolutely, you know, um, we, we, we'd love to put our team on the phone with other Bitcoin miners, talk energy, see how we can help. Um, it is something that we're not um, presently focused on because we, we are focused on actually deploying systems. But as we grow, you know, that's something that we anticipate there will be more demand for. And as there's more demand for this mm -hmm. consulting, absolutely, we, we could make it a revenue stream. Coming up on the half hour here, but I would like to take a couple more questions. Um, what, is, what are you doing with the Bitcoins? Are you selling them right away? Are you converting them to cash or are you holding them? Um, we are selling some of them and holding more than we're selling. So, you know, we're really bullish on Bitcoin. We think it's just going to keep going up. You know, it'll go up, it'll go down. But, you know, we think the long term trend is it's absolutely going to go go up. Um, so we, we are holding more than we're selling, um, but we are selling a portion of it. So, you know, if I was to look at the ratio right now, it's, it's probably a 50 50 ratio. Um, and that just allows us to, you know, keep cash flowing well. And um, the next one is about CapEx, a good, good question. I mean, when you look at the, the plans and you talked a little bit about your expansion plans, but it all costs money. Um, I'm just trying to get an idea, uh, you know, what you might spend, how you might spend it uh, would be helpful. Absolutely. So, um, you know, infrastructure, of course, costs money. So, um, you know, for example, We've budgeted in, you know, the, the new data center we're building next to the existing data center um, that's going to be Bitcoin mining specific. Um, it's going to cost, you know, anywhere from a million to two million dollars. Um, I don't want to get more specific than that, but that's that's kind of the, the range of what we believe it's going to fall into. And then, of course, we have to acquire all the equipment. Um, Bitcoin mining, it's interesting. It, it kind of, uh, the, the secondary market and also even the primary markets direct for manufacturers, it fluctuates quite a bit, you know, almost, almost like spot pricing for the equipment. And it makes sense. You're, we're, we're essentially buying money printing machines. Um, and so it varies quite a bit, but, you know, um, 
I'm going to play this one a little close to the vest in that I'm going to say, you know, we have strategic relationships. We have things in the works. But, yeah, the, the majority of what will need to be done is going to be, you know, expansion of infrastructure um, on site and at new sites. And then really the acquisition of the, the mining equipment, which which we feel really good about. I mean, there has to be a calculated ROI to this, right? When you look at, you know, what, you, what there's somebody's, what a, a facility's mining right now, right? You look at what you can do to increase capacity, you look at what you can do to reduce costs, right? And then you know what you have to pay for the for the acquisition. So I assume you, you guys have fairly good predictability in terms of, of lower risk, I guess, in terms of the acquisitions because you, you know, you know those variables and you have them in hand. Absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, with, when we look at everything, um, you know, from a payback point of view, especially at current Bitcoin prices, you know, even acquiring some of the stuff on the secondary market where it's a little more expensive um, and, and basically our blend is we're, we're getting an ROI in under, you know, six to nine months on everything that we're acquiring. So we feel really good um, about the the infrastructure upgrades and everything that we're working on. So it's a really quick return on capital. And then I kind of have a couple questions coming in that expanding on this. Uh, will all the acquisitions in CapEx be uh, towards Bitcoin because it just has such a high return or are you still active and looking, you know, on the software side, which was kind of the messaging before? Um, we are, we are looking at both is, is what I can say. So, um, we, yeah, so we're, we're looking at both is the easy way to say it. Obviously, I can't say too much on that, um, but we're, we're excited. Everything we're doing, um, you know, really has a real, you know, that, that we're working on from an acquisition point of view has a very strong um, ROI to, to our shareholders. Um, and if it, if it didn't, we wouldn't, you know, consider it. So we're, we're still growing both parts of the, both segments of the business very actively and very rapidly. So some of that's going to come through M&A. Great. Thank you, Zach. And I apologize. We have a number of questions. We're just uh, running out of time. So we couldn't get to everybody today, but uh, I'll turn it over to you, Zach, for any closing remarks you have, and we'll, uh, we'll end today's uh, fireside chat. I, I just want to thank uh, you for hosting, of course, and then obviously um, all the investors and shareholders for tuning in. Um, we're really excited about our future. Um, you know, you can find more information at cleanspark.com. Um, we trade also, on, of course, on NASDAQ under CLSK. Um, and also feel free to reach out to our investor relations. That's um, IR at cleanspark.com. Um, our executive chairman is there to, uh, you know, receive questions. We, we take it very seriously, um, you know, any interactions with the shareholders. We want people to be heard and uh, love to interact with them. So we, we look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. I always like these fireside chats. Uh, it all seems pretty good. I'm sorry if the audio was a little bit sketchy, but uh, I tried to clean it up. I uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as me. It does look good. They've had an amazing year, and it's good to know they're not staying standing on their laurels and that they are progressing with the massive growth they've had i don't think it uh 
it will be too long before they hit $150. Hope you've enjoyed this. I'll see you in the next video.